Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going over there? It's going good, how's it going with you? Going good, going good, yeah. Um, we're planning to sort out my room and stuff this week, so um, in regards to my you know, gaming impressions, um, between now and next week it might be a bit more minimal, uh, just letting everybody know, but uh, it shouldn't affect too many podcasts or anything, but... Uh, that should be interesting. Um, aside from that, uh, what have you been playing in the last week or so? I finished up uh, Graveyard Keeper. Kind of an odd ending to the game. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it, obviously. Um, did leave it set up for a sequel if they ever do make one. Uh, so now I'm just kind of on the look for something else to play. Cool, cool. Um, how far did you get before then? When You know when you like first discovered the game? Not very far, but it, it had... A lot of updates and two DLC since then, so... Okay, okay. And you bought it when you went back to it? Even though it's a game. Oh, and you bought it when you yeah. went back to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, cause Correct, you... I bought it. It was on sales, I cap off. Okay, cool. Because um, you had it on Game Pass first time around or something, didn't you? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you had a chance to uh, seek out Valiant Hearts yet? Or have you not, like, have I... you not found that? I haven't seen... I remember the game. It took me a while to remember it. I had to look it up. But I do remember the game. I don't know why I never played it. I think I might actually own it. I think it was like a Games with Gold at one point or something. Yeah, I think that's how I played it. So, um, But I was just reminded because uh, a few days ago I was looking for something new to play, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, and I was browsing like the middle tier PS Plus thing and Valiant Hearts came up. So I was just reminded of it because of that. Uh, cool. For me... Um, What's it called? I finished uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. A uh, good game. In the final third of that game, so the last four to five levels, things get a bit tedious, which is interesting because I was sort of wondering, like, okay, am I being too impatient or is the game too tedious or what's kind of going on? And I was looking up some uh, you know, YouTube guides because I was genuinely lost as to what to do at certain points. And there was a particular level, which I think is in this, like, sand desert sort of area within the hotel that you're in. And a lot of people in the comments were kind of like, oh, this is where the game gets a bit, like, the game was this fun kind of exploration spooky thing, and now it gets, like, this tedious thing. It was a bit of a shame that that happened. Uh, The game's still, like, like mechanically and everything, it's still good. Um, I did continuously have issues with the game. Uh, I'm not going to be reviewing it, by the way, just in case anybody's wondering um i just have sort of chosen not to um but the game kind of because you're doing like 360 degree stuff right like when you're trying to when you're essentially trying to do the ghostbusters thing of catch the ghosts and you're playing as luigi the um not the camera the mechanic of kind of actually turning around with your i'll just call it vacuum for like a better word was it didn't work as well as it like should have, and I I found that a bit awkward kind of throughout. There are certain points where you need to aim or be pointing at something, and the game will do it automatically. But it didn't quite happen enough at the time. Uh, it's still a good game. It's still fun and everything like that. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll if they come out with a Luigi's Mansion Four or whatever they're going to do next, I'll potentially check that out. But it just it. 
it sort of it was this like nine or ten out of ten sort of game most of the way through, and then in the last quarter or so of the game, it just kind of fell off a bit. I also thought there was probably too many levels. There's like fifteen levels or something like that because you essentially how, how the game works is you go into this hotel. Uh, sorry, this um yeah hotel kind of place um with like elevators and stuff. And you go to a level, you go through it, you beat the boss, and then from the boss you get an elevator button. Because all the buttons on the elevator are missing. And you go level by level, you defeat all the bosses, they're all different and you beat them in different ways using different things. And then you pick up the button, uh, you go back to the elevator, you put the button back in, then you push that to go to the next level. And then you do that for like 15 or so times. Um, And I, I just thought it maybe lasted a bit too long. Um, so, yeah, it, it was, it was good, it was, it was fine, I'm happy to kind of move on from it to other stuff, so, uh, have you seen any of the game at all, or, um, where you kind of at with that game? I vaguely-ish know the game, but I don't really, I don't have, I haven't played any of the versions of it, so. Yeah, yeah, I think it came out, because I had a save file on there from 2020, so, uh, but it, it, it kept being, I kept saying on podcasts, like oh once I finish this game I'll go back to it. once I finish that game and that opportunity finally came up so uh, I was glad I went back to it and finished it and stuff like that but yeah it it could have just been better in that last in that last couple of hours it could have been could have been better so uh, aside from that um, I got uh, Moss Book Two um, I was looking for the next thing to play and hadn't been sent because um, the only two new games from this year that are left that I haven't played yet is Switch Sports and Kirby, I can't remember what it's called, Forgotten Land or something, the new Kirby game that's that's come out, because I've pretty much played everything else that I've won, I mean I've not touched like Elden Ring or whatever, but I don't really have the interest to, um, but I've pretty much either played a portion of or played enough of all the other games I'm interested in so far for this year, there's other games coming out that are new this year, but Moss 2 was, was one of them as well um, I haven't actually started it yet so I can't tell you how good or how bad it is, but it's been a minute since I played a VR game as well. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to kind of getting back into that. This still uses the con- the Dual Sense or a controller because um, you can still play it obviously on a on a PS4 VR version. Um, but this uses the controller and the camera and stuff because uh, this this game doesn't use the uh, as far as I know anyway. This game doesn't use the uh, Move controllers, because I don't know really how you would control Moss if you had move controllers, because they don't really have analog sticks. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I really, really enjoyed the first game. I think I reviewed that a couple of years ago or something. So we'll see what that's like. So I've got that. I want to play. Um, and then, yeah, after that, maybe Switch Sports, maybe Kirby. Um, the next kind of major big game for me to play is Last of Us Part 1, but that's not out until I think 2nd of September or very early, like, you know, first week of September. So. That's what I'm going to be playing, but I've still got like quite a few shows to get through from this year, so um, I'm kind of leaning a bit more on the TV stuff at the moment, like I'm going through uh, Atlanta Season 3, which is just a brilliant show, um, and uh, all my weekly shows. So yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing, and there's like three films that have kind of come out for me to review, so I've got uh, that stuff to do. But no, hopefully, uh, again, I like I said, I'm doing stuff in my room this week, so I don't know how much gaming time I'll get in. I'll be able to watch TV and stuff, but I don't know how much gaming time I'll be able to get in. Um, plus, because I think I'm going to have to move my PS5 out of the room just because of where it is. So, 
I don't know if I would have played Moss next week or not, or what I would have played in the next week. So we shall see. All right. Uh, at the moment, we are of course sponsored by Manscaped. Um, they are of course a men's grooming service. They sell men's grooming products and things: shavers, razors, ear and nose hair trimmers, clothes, different deodorants, things like that. Uh, if you want to have a browse of their products for yourself, uh, you don't need to type in anything. You don't even need to Google. Uh, Manscaped you can if you want to but you don't need to you can simply click on the link in the show notes for Manscaped to go over to their website have a browse they have different sets of things as well uh, all very professionally made good quality and everything nothing sort of second hand or anything like that so uh, packaging's really good you know really easy to open all that sort of stuff um, the products themselves don't feel like they're going to break so really really good stuff from Manscaped uh, and of course if you are interested in buying something off of there and you want a bit of a discount that is why I am telling you also about our deal with Manscaped we of course have a deal with them if you type in the promo code so once you've selected what you want whether you're treating yourself or somebody else um, you once you get to the checkout and you get to that promo code box, type in eTalkUK, that's E-T-A-L-K-U-K, it's also written in the show notes if you want it later, uh, and you put that in the promo code, press apply, and you'll get 20% off your order with Manscaped and that nice free shipping as well. So go over there, have a browse of their products, they got different descriptions and photos of things, good stuff over there, uh, have a browse of what you want, select what you want, type in that promo code, and uh, have a good time with uh, Manscaped's products. Um, so yeah, eTalkUK, Promo code ETALK UK 20% off with Manscaped with their stuff. Uh, so go over there and uh, go and maybe treat yourself or somebody else to some Manscaped products uh, today. Thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast, and of course, thank you very much for listening. Um, now we're going to take a break and then we'll get in some housekeeping. We'll see you in a minute for all that. Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, the Premier League is back, um, which is good for some, not so much for others. Uh, We had our first game today on Sunday, and we lost 2-1 to Brighton, of course, Eric Ten Hag's first uh, 
Premier League game in charge. He's been in charge, of course, during the preseason. Uh, still haven't really, I still haven't signed anybody in between the preview podcast that I did and this week. We have sold, well, loaned out a player, so I talked a bit about that. But uh, two one two one win for Brighton at Old Trafford. It wasn't good, uh, and we'll see how that goes going forward. The next game is Brentford on Saturday, and then after that, I think next Sunday after that, we've got Liverpool. Those are the opening three games of the season. So check that out. That's the United cast. That's back with coverage for May United. Uh, uh Sol is still continuing with its final season. We've got just two episodes left, but the third to last episode was the most recent one. That is for season six, episode 11. Uh, and that was a really, really good one, but things are getting uh, really interesting. We're in the end game, as Doctor Strange would say, as we've only got two episodes left of Better Call Saul, so that's really good. Uh did another list podcast this week. This is called Top 5 Best YA or Young Adult TV Shows. So going through a list of, of course, that has a specific requirement. If the lead characters in the show are adults, so like over 24 or so, uh, then they are not included. Uh, so this is focused on teen shows or young adult type shows. Uh, there's a certain age range as to what that requires, so I picked five shows that I think are the best that fit in that category. So yeah, top five best YA young adult TV show, so that was a fun one to do. Uh, Westworld's still continuing, we're up to season four, episode six. We've got just two episodes left of that as well. That's not, however, the final season, uh, but we've got two episodes left of Westworld. That's for season four so far. Um, I did, uh, they de- de- debuted a new rating tier, not new rating system, but in addition to the ratings tier, uh, this one's for Halo Season 1, which is on Paramount+, Plus. of course some of you may be familiar, that is the Xbox gaming franchise, uh, but this is for the TV show, developed by, um, Paramount, it's on Paramount+, Plus. and I gave it a, I'm not sure, I, I, I might call this a hard skip, I haven't written that, basically it's a skip rating, but the skip is written in capitals to really, really emphasise the point there uh, so it's been very very disappointing so far this season um and i gave it a, a kind of a, a lower tier of our skip rating if that's even possible but just to, to really sort of put that point in there and uh, talk about that and that's a spoiler free review by the way if you want to check that out so you can listen to the whole of that if you haven't seen the show uh podcast i did called the rise of women's football of course uh, i think it was a week ago today actually uh the england the england's women team um, went and won the Euros. They beat Germany, which is it's always good to beat Germany, especially if you're if you're English. Um, in the Women's Cup final, so I talked about all of that. A bit of an analysis of the game. I don't know the players as well, but I was you know trying to um, analyze what was going on there. I also talked about uh, that and sort of coverage of women's sports. Where is news going to be covered? Where are the games going to be shown? All that type of stuff. Because it's not just international football; it's club football as well. So there's uh, some discussion to be had there. Um, and also talking about uh, a news piece we talked about a few weeks ago, Robert, um, that a woman's going to be on the cover of FIFA 23. So not just focus on the England's women's game, but just a, a general conversation about women's football and the rise of women's football. There's been a bit more conversation, a bit more attention around women's, women's football in the last couple of months, which, is, uh, which has been good. So talked all about that. Uh, gaming talk last week, we talked about Grand Theft Auto 6 having a female lead, uh, Juventus being back in FIFA 23, and the PlayStation backbone, so we talked about all that. Don't skip review for the Umbrella Academy Season 3, that's a, does that spoiler free review? I think that's a spoiler free review, uh, the first half is at least, um, yeah, for Umbrella Academy Season 3, gave that a don't skip, fun, good season of TV, so that's that one, and... Yeah, that is what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news.
Right, Robert, uh, lots of COD stuff to talk about this week. Um, we had a, you can call it leaked, you can call it whatever you want. There was an image posted online. Um, I mean, leaked at this point is an interesting choice of word. Obviously, there's going to be QA testers and people that have played Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, the upcoming sequel, not reboot, not revival, not anything like that. It's a sequel to 2019's Modern Warfare. Because people still think this is a reboot for some reason. Or a remake of the old game. It's a sequel to the 2019 game. Um, and there was a photo that was to say, put online. Again I don't know if leaked is the correct word to use here. Of the game's main menu for multiplayer. And a few people were moaning. Which is nothing new for the internet. To say oh this looks exactly the same as Modern Warfare 19's. It's a copy. They're not doing anything new. Da 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 da. Um, yeah if you've seen this menu this might not be the real menu it might be a mock-up i don't know but i'm just sharing what uh was was sort of put out there um it does not look the same obviously it's got same some of the same functions you know weapons parties game mode selections you expect that stuff to be in there um like operators so you can customize your operator um but no so on this image i can see which i've got you've got things like start match which is you would expect that so that you can search for one uh game setup um lobby members so there's probably like some sort of party control codcaster which i've never actually seen used before i think that is a uh i think that because th this lobby that's shown here is for a private game which is why it says game setup and not um just a list of game modes um it's got a, a picture of a map as well a again yeah it's parts of it are going to look the same even if you look at like vanguard or black ops or advanced what like they're gonna have things like start game search game weapons you know that sort of, that sort of stuff because i don't know what else you'd expect but um even the actual because you've got the bit in the background which shows your operator they kind of do this little walk forward with their gun it's just a way to it's just a way for you to see what your character look, looks like with your favorite gun uh so they've got that there that's a bit more sort of different it's a bit more zoomed in on your character again i don't know if that changes or if it animates differently um at the moment how that works in modern warfare 19 is obviously when you start up a game or, or start up the game and you click on your multiplayer lobby it's got just your person there because you start normally on your own um and it's got your player sort of walking forward slowly and then if you add other party members they just stand next to those those players but yeah it looks like there's a bit of a different sort of zoom thing going on there again that's not going to make the game better or worse but it looks interesting there's nothing massively to take from this uh we've had a list put out before already of like some of the game modes and stuff um you can expect your usual kind of you know search and destroy team deathmatch free for all domination those sort of cod classics um there was a question asked uh, or that's been asked in the call of duty community about like okay is cyber attack gonna be in this game because uh, it wasn't in cold war or vanguard i don't know why but again that's a different developer so uh, apparently that is going to be in here. Um, there's also a list here of just like the the player's name and then um, the other player's names in the party, that type of stuff. So again, what you'd what you'd kind of expect to see. Um, any thoughts on this at all, Robert? Do you think like COD should have anything different in the menus, or would you would you expect anything sort of different? <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't expect a whole lot different because it's not like they're reinventing the genre right. or reinventing even what type of game it is. Um, so you're going to have the boilerplate stuff no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, outside of that, honestly, who cares? <laughs> I mean, that's that's just really the only thing I can come up with is like, is it that big of a deal? 
Mm. I mean, if it is, why? That's what I really want to know. Yeah. No, I I agree in the way that... I mean, it's cool to see something fresh. Like, aesthetically, it's cool to see something fresh. But to be honest, if we're all being honest, if they had the same menu and the same animations and the same buttons as Modern Warfare 19, it doesn't make the game better or worse. Um, again, we all know where the buttons are. We all know what to click on. Like, okay, I want Team Deathmatch. You know how to click on that. If you want to edit your weapons, you know where that is. So, uh, but yeah, it was just interesting to bring up. Um, but yeah, something different, something fresh. Uh, I'm not expecting... Th- this is like the... Like, when I've talked about, like, my expectations for this game and stuff like that, I've not brought up, like, the multiplayer menu because that's not something that needs to be a rev- uh, like a, you know, revolution or whatever. So... Um, no, it's cool to see. It looks different and interesting. Um, so we'll still see what happens. Uh, just be very interesting when I get my hands on the beta and I can jump in for myself and start looking. But the main, the main things that matter is are the weapons balanced right? Are the animations good? Does your gun shoot well? Um, are the maps poorly designed or well designed? What's the progression system like? Those are the things. And like you know, obviously for the campaign, is it well written? Are the characters good? Is the story good? Uh, what are the set pieces like? Those are the questions that really matter. So, um, yeah, again, cool stuff. Uh, we shall see. I think the beta is supposed to be, someone said September. Again, I'm in, like, online communities and things like that. Because, obviously, I'm a COD player, so I'm going to be involved in that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, which September is actually next month, isn't it? Yes. So, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully it won't be uh, too much longer until I can get my hands on the beta. And I can get an impression for myself. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll have plenty to say. Because uh, that, when, on the, I don't know what the date of the beta is, but on that 28th on that Friday, I mean, I'll probably be going to work as well. I'm going to probably be spending, I mean, there'll be a United game on as well. Uh, other than United game and work and the Gaming Talk podcast we'll probably have on that Sunday, which will be the 30th. Yeah, if a Friday's the 28th. Um, I'll probably be spending most of, if not all that weekend playing the game, just to really kind of, you know, get my hands on it. And, uh... I have a lot, there's a lot of, there's like a whole list of things I'm going to be looking at and analysing and comparing to other games. Um, so I, I can't wait to, I can't wait to dig. That's, pe- people say to me sometimes like, like the the process of podcasting on something and like reviewing and talking about something. But sometimes you'll look at a specific product. Like there's things I'm excited to talk about, there's things I'm really, really, really excited to talk about. And there's things that... Because when I'm reviewing, obviously we do TV, games, films, main night podcasts, right? I have different ways of like, there's different ways of looking at certain games, different ways of looking at TV shows. You've got different genres, you've got different types of games. Um, so it's not always just like the same thing. But COD is kind of the, like for the rest of the year, maybe COD is the one thing that I'm going to look at in a specific way. And I can't wait to sort of get in there and uh, really like analyze like the differences in gameplay and all that sort of stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really good. So, well, hopefully it's going to be good. Um, anyway, let's... Uh, I have a Red Dead Redemption story saved there, but I also have a COD story. So I'm, we'll stick on the theme of COD for now, and then we'll talk about this uh, fun Red Dead online story that I read this week. So, uh, sticking with Call of Duty, uh, more so the franchise than Modern Warfare 2. Obviously, we know Modern Warfare 2 is the next game, but this is... Uh, Sony says... Um, Call of Duty is an essential game series, while Microsoft argues it isn't. Or it says ain't here, but isn't. Um, As Microsoft works to complete its massive Activision buyout, 68 billion, was it? Something like that? Something in that neighborhood. Yeah, 
yeah, a few, a few, a few, a few quid, a few dollars. Uh, while while they uh, work to complete their Activision buyout, which is of course including all the COD developers and the uh, series itself, it argues Call of Duty isn't a must-have quote game. Um, Microsoft, in a bid to downplay the possible ramifications of its attempted acquisition of Activision to sorry, various international regulating agencies, is arguing that the Call of Duty publisher uh, is, it's spending billions of dollars on doesn't actually produce any games that could be considered must-haves, in quote. We can talk about, like what that might mean in a minute. Meanwhile, Sony is pushing back and explaining that Call of Duty games are essential and have influenced, and even influenced some of, some people's console buying decisions, which is interesting considering you can get it on, well, not Switch, but, you know, Xbox, PlayStation, PC. It's not console specific or exclusive. Since Microsoft announced its intentions to buy up Activision Blizzard back in January, gosh, was it really that long ago, uh, of this year, uh, the company has spent months bouncing around the world, um, months bouncing around the world yeah arguing with uh, lawmakers and regulators obviously there's things like that to sort out you know a dot in the eyes crossing the t so to speak and regu- regulatory groups in an effort to show why that this deal is totally fine and not bad for the industry obviously there's the worry about monopoli- monopolization uh, which people have said about with disney and stuff before so i can understand why that's a part of the conversation one way the Xbox company is doing this is by arguing that Activision Blizzard doesn't release games that are so big and unique that the acquisition would stifle competition with other companies, stories, sorry, stores, or console makers. Um, then there's a, like a little bit in here that says Call of Duty keeps bleeding millions of players. That is not true. <laughs> um, I think that's a. I think that was a copy and paste of a link of a different article, but I don't think that's true anyway. Uh, you can find an example of this tactic in a report from the New Zealand Commerce Commission published in June. In the doc, Microsoft claimed that there is nothing, quote, nothing unique about the video games developed by developed and published by Activision, a company that it's it's spending nearly seventy billion on. So if we round it up to seventy billion. Uh, further adding that none of the games, including military shooter franchise Call of Duty, are must-haves. Um, are must-have games for any rival company or distributor. Uh, as you might expect, not everybody agrees with Microsoft's assertion that owning one of the biggest video game franchises in the world won't provide Xbox with some sort of advantage over its uh, competition. Specifically, Sony has pushed back against the Xbox uh, Activision. Uh, proposed deal in new legal docs out of Brazil. Again, we don't really see all these legal documentations and stuff, so it is what it is. Uh, as reported by VGC, which I think is where I got this from, Video Games Chronicle, we've used them a few times before, um, on Reset Era and users on Reset Era. Um, Sony's response to questions from the Brazilian government about the uh, Microsoft Activision deal were published online and it shows that the PlayStation company believes Call of Duty is an essential AAA game, uh, one that could help sell more consoles for whoever controls it. Hence the word, pay attention to the word controls and not owns because I think there's some interesting parts here. According to a study in 2019, the importance of Call of Duty to entertainment in general is indescribable. The brand was the only video game IP to break into the top 10 of all entertainment brands among fans, uh, joining powerhouses such as Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. I'd, I'd probably argue that Marvel and DC are probably in there as well, especially the MCU and whatnot. 
Uh, Call of Duty is so popular that it influences users' choice of console and its community of loyal users. It's enriched enough that even if a competitor had the budget to develop a similar product, it would not be able to rival it. Rival it. That part I agree with. Uh, neither Microsoft's response nor Sony's pushback should be surprising when buying such a large company as Activision. It makes sense to downplay how big or influential the company actually is when speaking to regulators or government officials, people that you want to approve this stuff, uh, officials as these people could cause headaches or even Xbox for, for Xbox or even stop the deal entirely. And of course, Sony doesn't want to lose Call of Duty. It won't. Um, a game that regularly tops the best-selling games on PlayStation charts each year. Sure, Microsoft has signaled that Call of Duty will remain on uh, a multi-platform franchise, but contractually, it's reported that after three games, Call of Duty could leave PlayStation and become a console exclusive for Xbox. So it makes sense that Sony is trying to play up how important the long-running FPS, first-person shooter, franchise is to PlayStation and the video game industry. As other regulatory groups... And more governments continue to begin uh, poking and prodding at the Activision Blizzard deal, probably because of you know how big it is and how much IP and how much money it costs as well. It's likely we will continue to see Microsoft downplay the company's size and scope while Xbox's competitors do the exact opposite in an attempt to stop what could be one of the biggest examples of video game consolidation uh, we've seen yet. Um, so as a regular Call of Duty player... I have a lot of things to say about this. I'm sure you've got some things to say about this as well. Um, I it's interesting the way that this is like worded is as if it's because this is trying to say that Microsoft is sort of like oh no no like don't like don't don't worry about this deal it's not big like Call of Duty yeah it's a massive like thing but like hey it's you know it, it's it's fine kind of thing right that's that's kind of what I'm reading here. Is in, instead of them saying, Microsoft saying like, oh, we have this massive thing and we're going to dominate and all because we've got Call of Duty is the big thing and everything like that. That's an interesting tactic, and they haven't. It's interesting that they haven't. Not, nothing like this came out when Bethesda was being brought, which all the all the dots and dots have been uh, eyes have been dotted and T's have been crossed, haven't they? With uh, with that deal, uh, I believe so. Um, uh, in terms of Call of Duty itself, I mean, as as somebody who's you know observed this specifically in the last three years very closely, because admittedly before between like twenty nineteen and let's say twenty thirteen fourteen, I wasn't paying loads of attention to Call of Duty, but I was still seeing the games. Obviously, they're big, big games. You don't miss something like that. I just wasn't playing them. As much, but that was when things like Ghosts came out, Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, Black Ops Four, I think it was, and I was like, "Nah, that's just not like it's not up to the standards that Call of Duty should be." I don't want to say my standards, well, technically my standards, um, and what I mean by that is when a Call of Duty game comes out, I do have certain expectations as to how good the game should be. Because um, don't forget, I've been playing games from this franchise on and off since. 2010-ish, Call of Duty 4 was when, when I started, which was really when, I mean, there was Call of Duty 1, 2, and 3, and there was Call of Duty 3, the big red one, and all these, like, smaller titles, but Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, that was really where this franchise was like, oh, this is, like, really big, and then you had things like Medal of Honor, if you remember Medal of Honor all the way back, 
and like Battlefield was still coming out with games, Halo was still chugging along, but Call of Duty had like come onto the scene and it was a massive, massive deal. I think, I can't remember how this happened and I can't remember if this is true because this is all the way back in 2007. I think COD 4 Modern Warfare won Game of the Year in 2007 and 2008. You can't do that now. Um, I think I remember that happening. I was like, wow, this game's really like... Because 2008 was when World at War came out. Um, I think it was World at War. And then they did something else after that. Um, but the the interesting part is... Because Warzone, like, Warzone, as much as I think it's a terrible thing, has been huge. They've made loads of money from it. Hence why they've moved... I mean, why do you think they've moved so many developers over there? They want more resources over there. They want to milk that Warzone cash cow. But... As I've mentioned before, and tying it into all this, because the ultimate question that's kind of being posed here is how important and how big is Call of Duty in terms of, like, I suppose the console wars, if you want to call it that, between Microsoft and Sony for PlayStation and Xbox. Activision has got two cash cows with Call of Duty, which is the yearly release of the games, those individual sales, and the money that the money that they're making separately over on Warzone, which is just an ongoing, like, live service sort of thing. So I don't think you can really... Again, it's it's been explained here as to why Microsoft are trying to play it down, because, again, they do have to please certain... I mean, I don't know how it all works. I, you know, not tried to buy a company before, but... um, What it's kind of saying here is about how they're trying to downplay it a bit so that, like, government officials don't get involved or something. Again, I don't know how all that, all, all that works, but... um, I mean, the the only... To me, there's three game series that really sell loads and loads and loads of copies, which is FIFA, GTA, which we haven't had a new one for 10 years, almost, but GTA, GTA Online still makes loads of money, and obviously you had like the PS4 360 version, sorry, PS4 Xbox One version, and then the definitive quote-unquote version um, on PS5 and Series X, I don't know what the differences with those were, but GTA is a massive cash cow. FIFA is and Call of Duty I can't think unless you can Robert I can't think of another game franchise I mean Red Dead sold like really really well and stuff but that's not a rate that's like only had two games it's not a regular ongoing franchise um I don't know how like Assassin's Creed is doing these years although Assassin's Creed from about 2007 to 2014 13 was an annualized franchise but even even with how big assassin's creed did i don't think that was doing like fifa cod and gta numbers um because as much as people might not like fifa cod and gta those games you, you you're gonna sell if you're the owners of those games you're gonna sell loads and loads and loads of copies and you're gonna make a lot of money and obviously when you go over to something like fifa ultimate team You've got money that being made there as well. Uh, Card obviously got Warzone stuff. You're making money there. GTA Online obviously making tons of money itself. Um, but it, it is an essential. I mean, individually, people listening to this as gamers might not think of Call of Duty as essential to them if they do not play the game series. That's one angle to look at it. But in terms of sales and how like how much of a juggernaut. IP this franchise is it, it is certainly essential um I was seeing um there's a guy called Paris who does some of the kind of funny podcasts um and I, I I like a lot of what he says about things and what was it that he was saying he was saying about um 
because there was a there was a clip that he took from a podcast he was on when Microsoft was a was um, acquiring Bethesda, and he said kind of what I had said at the time, which is okay, why would you buy this company, which is Bethesda at the time, for eight billion? And say to PlayStation, hey, you can have the next Doom, the next Fallout, the next, you know, you can have Starfield. Obviously, there's a difference with, um, what's called, uh, Deathloop and Ghostwire. Those had, like, different deals behind them. But, like, future Doom games, future Fallout games, why why would, it, it wouldn't make any sense for Microsoft to say, hey, PlayStation, you can have these as well. Because what you want to do is say, no, you're only playing these on our thing. You either get Game Pass somewhere, you can do that on PC. But you've got to be part of our ecosystem, right? You've either got to have an Xbox, uh, and you either buy the game on there, or you get Game Pass, or you get Game Pass on PC or something, to keep PlayStation away from it. Because PlayStation's not going to turn around and say, hey, God of War is coming out in November, Xbox, you can have that as well. This, it, it, you know, Or when Stranger Things Season 4 came out, Netflix didn't say, hey, HBO, do you want Stranger Things Season 4? It's called business competition, and... The one exception I would make from a business standpoint, not really from a competition standpoint, but from a business standpoint, I would have to reverse that around just for Call of Duty because Call of Duty is just so big and it is kind of tied into PlayStation's history a bit because they had like some of the marketing deals and they were able to show like some of the uh, cod reveals from certain E3s were only like they, they had the marketing rights. I think they maybe still do PlayStation. Um... But sometimes when you look at the marketing rights like that, and Call of Duty's always been, you know, at least the ma- the main games have always been on the Xbox as well. But do you get what I mean? Is it has that kind of it's had that brand recognition with PlayStation a bit more because it gets advertised more on that platform. Um, if now they've said that they aren't going to do this, but this is about like the three game deal. I don't know a lot about that. We know that we've got. Um, Modern Warfare 2 coming out, then Kodachi skips next year. So then in 2024, we've got, I think it's Treyarch's or Raven's next game. Again, that won't be one that I'll be paying attention to because it won't be a Modern Warfare game. If you decide at a certain point after after whatever deal this three-game thing is, is done, if they decide, no, this is only going to be on Xbox, what you're essentially then doing is taking one of the biggest selling franchises... Of games which still come out annually okay it's going to be skipping next year but it still comes out pretty much annually and either slashing your sales in quarter or maybe in half i don't know what the exact numbers would be but if you were to say to playstation players no call of duty is not going to be on your platform anymore i think all you're doing there is just losing money um which i know what i've just said that for example if like let's say crash bandicoot 5 came out still from activision blizzard um that makes sense there for because, do you get what I mean? Like Crash and like things like Spyro or Tony Hawk, or if you did Diablo or whatever, they're going to sell well, but they're not going to do COD numbers. So if you were to take COD away from PlayStation, you'd only kind of been losing sales. Um, anyway, I've said a lot of stuff there, Robert. I have obviously my own observations about things. Uh, what do you make of, I guess, Call of Duty's place in the industry? Well, I find it equal parts ironic and hypocritical for Sony to say this, consider, considering they're the ones that have console-locked so many franchises over the <laughs> years. Yeah. I mean, how long did it take before any of their exclusive games came out on PC? Wild, I'm not yeah. even talking. I don't care about coming out on Xbox because we know they're not going to come out on Xbox. But it took like three years for 
Horizon Zero Dawn to make it to the PC. Um, God of War just made it like within the last year. Spider-Man just came out on PC a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Sony to say that, that's some bullshit right there. Plus, the Microsoft has never had <clears throat> the history of console locking um, games after they purchased a company. They didn't do it with Ghostwire and uh, Deathloop, like you mentioned. They don't have <clears throat> any real inkling because they know if they put something on PlayStation, it'll still sell, and that makes them money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just like... Just for an example, right? Call of, Duty, Call of Duty Vanguard comes out last year. Bad game. The Call of Duty community didn't like it. Story wasn't good. Multiplayer was better than Cold War, but that's a low bar. Um, best-selling game of last year. So, <laughs> you have that as well. Now, I, I know with some of more, like some of Sony's more exclusives, like you've had Game of the Year nominations. You had in, I think in twenty in twenty eighteen and twenty twenty, it was God of War. Last of Us 2, one game of the year. And I was trying to think, as I was like, you know, thinking about the podcast today and what we're going to be talking about and stuff, and I was thinking of this COD thing, and I was thinking of like, uh, apart from sales, you talk about like critical game reception, because those are two different things. You can have a bad product that makes a lot of money, and you can have a good product that doesn't make a lot of money. Um, you can compare that in both ways. Like you can you can have a really good TV show that doesn't get watched by a lot of people. Maybe that's because of the platform or the promotion or whatever, right? Uh, films again, you can have something come out that gets maybe a bad word of mouth, or it comes out when a Marvel film drops or something like that, or a big Star Wars film, and maybe it doesn't get seen so much. Same thing with games. You can have a game that comes out under the radar, is really really good. That doesn't either sell well, doesn't get talked about. I'm MVR is a perfect example of that. I mean, other people might not have thought that game was as good or might have liked it. I don't really know because I haven't really seen a lot of discussion about it. But again, that that, that was a particular example for me where I played I'm MVR and I was like, why is no one talking about this game? It's really good. Uh, but the way that game was marketed, kind of, you saw it in, in, in the reveal trailer. The consensus was like, oh, is this an on the rail shooter? So it was marketed incorrectly. Um... Obviously, COD doesn't really have that problem because it's Call of Duty. Arguably, an Iron Man game shouldn't have that problem because it's a Marvel game, but it didn't look like the game it was going to be because it's very much not an on-the-rail shooter. But something like COD, whether it's Van- whether it's the uh, World War series, whether it's Vanguard, whether it's Black Ops, whether it's Modern Warfare, don't really need like that type. Like everyone knows, okay, first-person shooter, online campaign stuff, right? When something like an Iron Man game comes out, okay, is it going to be first person? Is it going to be linear? Is it going to be third person? Is it going to be open world? There's different questions, right? Uh, obviously, this situation, it was, you know, it's a VR game. It's in first person. Um, so I think you've kind of got that going on a bit as well. Um, but because the strange thing with Vanguard, like from its multiplayer previews and campaign previews and stuff, there wasn't a lot of good chat about it. But I guess because it's it, it's still COD, it still was the best-selling game of last year. It was one of the worst games of last year, but it was still one of the best-selling games of last year. Um, I totally get what you what you just to click on um, touch on your point that you made about like ex- exclu- exclusivity with Sony. I think that again the way this is being played is a bit sort of Microsoft trying to be sort of. Again, maybe it's to do with pleasing government officials or something. Again, I don't know about like purchasing big things like this, um, but it's to do with monopolization and stuff. And 
Yeah, I mean, again, I think COD is just an, an exception to um, making things exclusive because you have a history of this franchise being on Xbox and uh, sorry on PlayStation and on Xbox. And simply put, if you're just gonna take if you're taking this game away from PlayStation, you're just gonna kind of lose sales. Because um, I don't know. So if you if you were to suggest like, okay, if you were to say to PlayStation players, you're not having COD this year, not this year, but in the future, like some point in the next couple of years, right? You say to PlayStation players, right, we own COD, we own Activision, we own the IP, we're not releasing COD on. Um, PlayStation this year, you have to come to Xbox or get Game Pass on PC. To be honest, some of those players that play COD on PC might just get Game Pass or something like that and play COD on PC that way. Um, unless you're going to release it on PC itself, which you possibly could do. Um, which, again, PC sales of this game as well, like, sell... I mean, a, a lot of players that I come across because PCs argued as like the best way to play these games because you've got the precision of mouse and keyboard and stuff. Um, and unfortunately, that's the way to install hacks as well. Uh, would you take it away from PC? Like, what would you do? So, I, I just don't think you could you should take this game off of PlayStation. It just doesn't make business sense to me, given that it's already... Because it's already established on that platform, I don't think you should take it away from it. So, um, and by the way, I mentioned... A little bit as I was going through this, and I quickly said like that won't happen. I don't think Microsoft will take this game off of PlayStation. It just doesn't make sense to do that. So, um, what 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 do you think? So in a few years, when they say this, like the next few games after whatever that is is finished, do you see Microsoft taking COD away from PlayStation? How do you think that will go? No, I don't think they'll take it away. I think um, it'll just stay on there and be a thing like it always is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the same thing about. Let's say PlayStation bought EA and said, Xbox, you're not having FIFA. That wouldn't make much sense. Or if, I'll use a different example, let's say Nintendo, this wouldn't happen, let's say Nintendo brought Rockstar Take 2 and they said GTA is going to only be on Switch. Wouldn't make sense. It's, but those three specific, specific franchises, um, I don't think you do that with. I just don't think that makes sense. So, uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, and... Yeah, we'll update when that happens. You probably won't hear an update about this for a while because, again, COD's going to be normal services resumed for um, uh, for for now. So I've just seen some notifications come up about COD. Let me just quickly check these out, seeing as we're still on the topic of it. Um, so by just by, I just want to let people know, by the way, like some people, some of you might be like, "Where are you hearing some of these things? Where are you seeing the screenshots and things?" Is an account. On Twitter that I've started following in the last couple of months, they're called Call of Duty MW2 Informer. You can go and follow them. Again, they they've said before that like they only share information that they have or that they get. Doesn't mean everything that they say is going to actually happen. But this is just like someone that gets uh, gets information in a certain way, uh, and everything they said so far has been accurate. So you know, until they unless they start like lying or getting things wrong. They are reliable at the moment. So uh, it says here, breaking official uh, Modern Warfare 2 beta date September. Uh, PlayStation exclusive beta. So see, there's still like that exclusive thing with it. September 16th to 20th. Interesting. So that's when I'll first be able to play it. 
crossplay beta, which prob that probably means um, PC and Xbox, September 22nd to 26th. And then it says, they put out another tweet. Um, hang on, they've put like a graph thing up here. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, early access, pre-order and get open beta. Weekend 1, PlayStation exclusive, September 16th to 17th, early access. September 18th to 20th, open beta. So I think early access is if you pre-order it, isn't it? Because so, open beta is where you you don't have to buy anything. Um, a bit like with uh, multiverses, I think the early access stuff is if you bought something for multiverses. But now the open beta is out, so anyone can go on their PlayStation and download the multiverses beta. that kind of thing. So the uh, yeah early access beta, September 16th to 17th. Um, September 18th to 20th is the open beta. Then weekend 2... Uh, Crossplay beta, so again, this includes Xbox, PC, and PlayStation. Early access for that is September 22nd to um, 23rd, and then September 24th to 26th, open beta, all platforms. So there you go. So I'm just seeing some tweets come through, so I'm just I'm just kind of going through this as I see it pop up. Uh, I saw something else a second ago pop up here. Um. Breaking Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer reveal is September 15th. That's a bit late. Um, because the beta is the next day. I did hope to see something in August for that. Um, so that is a bit later than what I would have wanted. Uh, then they put out something new. Official Grand Prix Modern Warfare 2 map images. So there's going to be a map. Um, these are some photos of a map, this looks quite cool, of a um, Grand Prix, so like a Formula 1 type track. I don't know if you'll be able to shoot people on the racing track, if there'll be cars going around. I've seen some images of cars, but I don't know if they're parked or if they're racing around. Um, I don't know how that would work, so uh, that's that's kind of a cool idea. I quite like that. So, um, Marina... Mar Marina Bay Grand Prix. You could have just called it the Grand Prix map. And it's got a few photos for that. What sort of um? Again, I know you're not like a multiplayer shooter guy. For this type of game, what sort of map do you think would work? Any sort of like, because this is like with a Grand Prix place. That's like a place you go to see racing and all that. Is there any sort of specific buildings you think would be good for for stuff like this? Um. I mean, there's iconic racetracks. I mean, there's mm -hmm. uh, Monte Carlo Grand Prix. There's Indy, um, where I live, uh, Daytona, um, Circuit of the Americas, California, places like that. So mm. um, it could be anywhere, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, that's it for the COD stuff. We talked quite a lot about that. As I said, those tweets just kind of came through. So uh, good stuff. Again, I'm looking forward to it. September, apparently. Um, we'll see if Activision makes anything official um, in the coming days, weeks, whatever, and we'll see what happens. Alright, let's switch over to... Um, I've got to find my screenshot for this. So I found online a fun little conversation. Here we go. So this is from somebody called Vivian Schwartz. It's a verified account, so I don't know if it's a celebrity or an actor or I don't know. 
and I'll just simply read out the story. I, I just thought this was kind of, it's not a, a, like an update about Red Dead. I know the on, online stuff is kind of dead, but I just thought this was kind of a cool, fun story. It says, Zoom sucks. I don't actually know. I've never used Zoom. We have Skype. We don't really need to use anything else. That's what me and Robert are using right now. Uh, says, Zoom sucks. We started having editorial meetings. Again, I don't know wh- who this person actually works for, but some sort of business meeting. Uh, we started having editorial meetings in Red Dead Redemption instead. It's nice to sit around sorry, at the campfire and discuss projects with the wolves howling in the night. And then it says, uh, <laughs> I thought this was quite a funny bit. Sometimes the game forgets that the camp exists and suddenly you're just in the dark woods with the wolves. But that's kind of invigorating. Then it says, the main technical ish- hitches we've had is that sometimes the meeting table doesn't exist for everyone. Uh, and sitting on the ground is the same button as attempting to strangle the nearest person. <laughs> Still beats Zoom. Um, do you have any experience of Zoom? Uh, fittingly, yes and no. Um, I can't get into too much detail because of the nature of my job, but I do right, work in the technical field for the state that I live in. And Zoom is currently not allowed on state computers due to security flaws. Oh, Okay. That's the extent of my experience with it. The group meetings they do through Teams um, because it is a part of the Microsoft Office suite. So they just use that for default as default. Um, but yeah, I am familiar with Zoom. I know what it is. It's basically a video, a group video chat service like um, Teams or even Skype could be or Discord or anything like that. So mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do multi, multi-cam calls on, the, on Skype. Uh, you can do it on, um, I think, like FaceTime and all those sorts of video apps. Yeah, so. that was hilarious um, when COVID first hit because there was a lot of uh, Zoom fails. That was a thing because people right. would people accidentally been, turn yeah. on filters and they would be a potato for the entirety of <laughs> the meeting. Or they forgot they were on a video call and went to the bathroom and dropped their pants in front of everybody, which <laughs> awkward. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, I've never used it before. Um, as as some of you know, I'm a cleaner at a school. I'm currently on break because obviously the kids aren't there, so there's nothing too clean. So the school is closed because it's summer holidays. That's how that works. Um, the the teachers sometimes who are very nice, at least the ones that are teaching in the rooms that I clean, and I don't know about all of the teachers. Um, there's even teachers down like the other end of the school that I've never even met before. Uh, my mum's not even met some of those people, but they're just it's just because they're down the other end and. We don't see them, so because uh, that's where I go to put like the Hoover away and stuff. And I've seen them walk past me, but I don't know who they are or their names or anything. But anyway, the teachers that I know the names of and stuff, and I chat to, you know, in passing. I don't, I don't stop for a twenty-minute, you know, cup of tea and a chat because I don't have time for that. Um, but you know, we chat sometimes while while I'm, you know, chatting, passing while I'm cleaning, or if I'm if we're going in between doors or we're. Uh, and you're going from room to room and you see teachers in the corridors that stuff always happens because they're moving about they're doing stuff and whatever so um but very nice people most of the people i've met there are very nice uh but anyway they sometimes have like big zoom meetings um which is it's interesting the way that they do it because obviously what you can do is um if you've got let's say one of the classrooms that i go into has got maybe four or five teachers and they'll sit around in like one little not like huddled together like a little campfire. They'll sort of sit in a. They won't sit. A, they won't sit spread across the room. Is what I mean. They'll sit in a group, like on a set of chairs or whatever. 
um, with table and stuff. And that's like, okay, so that's one camera that you're using. You've got like five teachers. Everybody can hear everybody. Everybody can speak, all that type of stuff. And you can do that in like across, I think there's like four or five. Because uh, I've, I've glanced at the screen. I've never got like involved because obviously it's not, that's not what I'm there to do. But I've looked at the screen. I've seen kind of bits of what was going on. And there'll be like five screens on there. But the advantage there is you can fit a lot of teachers in because you've got like four or five in one room. You do that across four or five rooms, you've got quite a few teachers. Um, I think it's Zoom that they use. I've not, I've not like gone up to one of the teachers and said like, "Hey, which thing is it that you use?" Because it's not of concern of me, of mine. But I, I think it's Zoom. It probably is. Um, it's looked fine from what I've seen. Again, I've, I've glanced at it in passing while I've been cleaning and doing whatever. But the, the, the one I've got the most experience with is either FaceTime. Um, because us as a, my family, we have like iPhones and stuff and we do FaceTime calls with each other sometimes, uh, because my sister's like, just to say up the country, um, and if they want to call us for whatever, um, sometimes we'll, sometimes we'll do FaceTime stuff, um, so that's been kind of cool, but, uh, no, the one I've probably got the most experience with, not even from a video side, because we do audio episodes obviously, is Skype, um, so that's the one I've had the most experience with uh but what do you think of this idea like so basically these this person and these group of people again i don't know if this is teachers or game directors or actor i don't know who these this group of people is um so basically they're using red dead online obviously you can still have microphones you can still talk to people you can still you know communicate certain things um what do you think of doing that instead so they're basically meeting in red dead online and they can sit around a campfire and talk what do you think of that idea? I, it's cool. I mean, obviously, it's enough of a gaming environment that enough people have the game. I hope right, yeah. nobody had to buy a PC or a console that could play it just to buy the game, just to have to do that. Mm-hmm. If, if enough people were doing that, then clearly <clears throat> it's uh, something that enough people in that environment could do. So it's kind of cool. It's a little different, but it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I've not really heard of people like because this is kind of in an open world like game thing you could sit around a campfire and stuff um i mean technically you could do this in cod you couldn't sit around a campfire because there isn't one but you could start up like a private lobby so you wouldn't have people shooting at you in the game and smack talking you like (laughs) that's not what you want in a meeting is it if you've got like online players and they're shooting at you and they're smack talking you and whatever but if uh yeah you could do a private lobby thing you could invite your friends in there um You'd have guns in your hand or whatever. I mean, you wouldn't even need to actually go into a game. You could just chat in the lobby. But if you wanted to have your operator or whatever, um, which doesn't have the same type of customization you could do with the Red Dead character, because obviously you can change all their like their actual clothes and stuff. But you could do it in that, I suppose. Um, so yeah, cool ideas, cool ideas. So, uh, but I, I agree. I hope that like it wasn't. Hey, you have to buy an Xbox or a PlayStation, then you also have to buy Red Dead because that would be expensive. And the online pass to play it online. Right, that as well. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's a company covered cost, or I don't know. Um, that seems like I've a seen more... weirder things expensed. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, seems like a, a a more expensive option maybe than just a free Zoom call or a Skype call. So. Anyway, that's the stuff I had this week. A little bit light on the news, but obviously the big COD thing. Uh, What do you have to talk about this week, Robert? Uh, Well, devs working with uh, our game engine, The Machine, uh, just got some really weird um, instructions. So without explanation and without warning, the developers at Our Machinery have announced that they are terminating all work 
on their alternative to the Unreal Engine and Unity Engine, a programming language they call the Machinery. Uh, the announcements came in the form of an email sent to users a few days ago. We have reached a point where there's no, where it is no longer possible for us to continue in the current direction, said the team before going on to say nothing by way of explanation. Instead, the email simply stated that per the game engine's in-user license agreement, developers would cease access, would, would cease development, all access would be withdrawn, licenses would expire in two weeks, and they would receive refunds, and this is the weird part, they were requested to delete any source code or binaries of the game engine they had in their possession. Uh, mm. Users on Hack.News did a bit of digging and found out that the EULA had been updated towards the end of July to a feature clause uh, cl- obligating users to, quote, destroy any copies of the service or content in your, in your possession, custody, or control upon termination of the license, which automatically happens in two weeks. So this is a thing now. So they're basically just yeeting the program out of existence. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, these things are not as often to happen, but these things can happen. Um, I understand, I actually understood more the, the last point that you made there about, like, source code and stuff, because, again, the internet's a place where things can get leaked. Uh, things can, you know, be used in, in other ways. So if somebody gets hold of some source code or something... Uh, I mean, I, m- I remember when, um, what was it, CD Projekt Red got hacked... And I think it was somebody, somebody somehow managed to get like source code for something. And they said like, hey, we've got source code for like Cyberpunk or Witcher or something. Uh, I can't remember exactly what happened. It was a while ago. But they said like, hey, if you don't give us whatever. Um, again, this was because the game was delayed and they got angry. That was basically why that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, or the game was launched in a bad state because the same people who were moaning about that wanted them to launch a bad game too early. But anyway, we we know what happened there. Um, so yeah, it was basically... Uh, like a ransom thing so um but yeah i mean there's all sorts of things that can happen in these situations like it could be something to do with taxes could be contracts could be legal stuff it could be could be anything really bored you what do you make of this uh it's weird it's not completely without precedence but it is super rare yeah the last that i heard of anything like this was way way back do you remember the OG Xbox um, exclusive game Two Human. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, basically, the people that made the game, and it was a shit game, by the way. You shouldn't look it up. You shouldn't play it. It was terrible. <laughs> um, they illegally used a copy of the Unreal Engine to make the game. Oh. Uh, that got they got sued for it, and weirdly enough, the judge ordered all physical copies destroyed. Hmm. And this was a while ago, so yeah. Didn't that game get remastered a couple of years ago? I don't know. It's so weird. I think it might have. I just remember the game being terrible. Mm-hmm. Just like like proper, proper, not broken, just terrible. Okay. Like it well, functioned, you could play it, you just wouldn't want to. <laughs> well, so it was like it had bad controls or story or characters or just all of uh, it? Boring story. Right. Um, it was about Balder, and Balder is the biggest wuss in the pantheon of the gods. Basically, the story of Balder is is that his mommy went to every little thing in the universe and promised, made them promise not to be mean to her kid, and that's Balder. 
Okay. And then they made an overpowered super tech version of him to be the hero. So, yeah, follow that logic. Okay. What was the, like, plot? Because I don't really know anything about Too Human. Uh, I don't really remember a whole <laughs> lot of the plot. You were basically... It was basically, like, future science. Um, but based off the gods, if they were real, but future science. And you were a warrior. And I just remember the character moving, like, super slow. Like, like moving through molasses. And so there's a lot of jokes of it being Baldur's Gate. Um... Which, you mm-hmm. know, funny pun at the time, but whatever. I was going to say, like, Harry Maguire, but I don't think you know who that is. So nah. he, He's one of my United centre-backs. He's really slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, both slow both slow with passing the ball and slow with running after people that he needs to get the ball off of. But, yeah. And he costs my United £80 million. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll look, up in a, I'll look up in a minute when you're reading your next thing. Because I... I feel like around 2018, 2019, I remember hearing something about to you, to human. But I'll, I'll look it up in a minute. Uh, what's your uh, next thing? Uh, next up, uh, Gloomwood New Blood Interactive's quote, "Thief with Guns" stealth action game has been delo- been delayed, uh, not for long. It was slated to launch early access in September 6th. Um, it got postponed three weeks. Um, the only thing that's really noteworthy is that. The game had legendary actor Malcolm Dowell do the announcement, telling people, um, for God's sakes, you can wait, which is hilarious. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Malcolm McDowell, been in the movie business forever, Clockwork Orange, Caligula, um, also done a ton of video game stuff. Wing Commander 3 and 4, uh, Fallout 3, God of War 3, voice for Elder Scrolls Online. So watching him read a presser for a delay of game for three weeks is kind of surreal when you think about it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was the quote of what he said about waiting? What was it he said? The, the full quote is, um, these guys that make the game want to apologize for the short delay. Yeah, right, but it's only a few short weeks. For God's sakes, you can wait until then. Yeah, I think I think more gamers need to hear that. Certainly, um, yeah. Especially the day and age that we live in, where in an unfortunate, very real situation that's happened multiple times, gamers who quite honestly don't deserve video games because they are a luxury mm-hmm. um, will feel that they are allowed, or maybe not even that they're allowed, that they can message a developer, whether it's email or twi- Twitter or whatever it's on, and threatened to kill the de- one of the developers, not going to say the whole development team, but one of the developers of a game. Which also, when you just think about that fundamentally, like the, the idea of a death threat for a game developer is like, okay, so you are annoyed because a game that you are looking forward to from a team, I'm presuming that you're looking forward, you like their games, because they're taking too long for you to make a game, you want to threaten to get rid of that person which does it again? It doesn't make sense because it because it I can't make sense of it because it doesn't make sense. But it's like if you think if you try to put logic behind that, which these people don't. If you kill the developer, then you can't get the game that you want, and you've also done something really like it doesn't make any sense at all. But uh, yeah, that that obviously that's more of an extreme situation. Um, but in general, 
Yeah, I mean, um, it it happens because obviously you get films and TV that get delayed as well. But you don't quite—I don't find that you get quite the same reception when a game is delayed. It's like like on if you're on Twitter or whatever, it's like is the end like the, the end of the world or or a new apocalypse has happened or something. Um, so I mean, like we, we've been me and you have been in situations where we've been looking forward to a game that's got delayed, and we're just like, all right, hopefully it makes it. I mean, like Forspoken, Forspoken was supposed to come out. In May this year, then it was supposed to come out in, to- in October. Now it's been pushed to February. Um, I'm not going to mess with the developers of that game and say I want to kill you because I don't yep. want to. I don't want to do that. Um, plus, I also want them to be alive so that they can make the game that I'm looking forward to. So, <laughs> uh, what do you make of the situation? Yep. Yeah, I think it's hilarious um, as to how um, and why Malcolm McDowell did this. Um, New Blood boss Dave Oshry said shortly after the announcement went up, "Quote." Somebody needs to take away my Cameo account. Uh, for those people that don't know, Cameo is a website where you can pay money to have celebrities read whatever you want. Like, like anybody that's even notable is on that. Like, I'm on the page right now. It's like, if you got 90 bucks, you can get Mark McGrath to give a, send a personalized message to somebody. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is actually a thing. Yeah. No, I've, I've looked on Cameo just out of like curiosity um i understand why it's expensive but it is quite expensive so yeah i mean it's basically celebrities you know making money off of their celebrity and fame to a certain extent mm-hmm. it's like you've got mark mcgrath you've got brent spiner on there i'm on the page now um johnny van zant pen Gillette, um uh basically anybody that has been in the news for any reason good or bad um you can get yeah it's like i'm looking there's a there's a whole category for like reality stars so for like trash tv i guarantee you that people from oh, they dealing with that only way is essex so they're all over that crap i guarantee you mm-hmm. yeah by the way just on note of that because things like big brother and especially love island and only uh made in chelsea and all that stuff if someone says like, "Oh, next we've got the Love Island star," like you're not a star or a celebrity to me. If you've been mm-hmm. on Love Island, even if you've won it, I don't care. That doesn't make you a star. Um, it it doesn't even really make you a celebrity. It means that you won. Like if you go on like Tipping Point, which is a UK gaming show, like an actual gaming show, if you win that and you win twenty grand or whatever, you don't become a celebrity. So it it's just because it's just the way it's just the day and age that we live in. So. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, is that the the all the news you had? Uh, I got one more. Okay. Uh, Diablo Immortal, which game came out with a lot of controversy. You remember that infamous clip at QuakeCon when they announced it, and then one of the developers says, "What? Don't you have phones?" Oh yeah, yeah. that became a real pile for a bit. Um, well, now they're just laughing on their giant pile of money. Um, Diablo Immortal had 15 million players in the first two weeks. Two months since, uh, the game now boasts over 30 million players with an estimated month, uh, microtransactions over $100 million globally. So say what you will about it. Um, it's making money. So, mm. Yeah. Which, which specific game is this again? Diablo Immortal, which is the mobile Diablo game. Haven't downloaded it. I'm not a big Diablo fan, uh, so I'm not really interested in it, but... That's the thing. Hundred million is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, I mean, as much as we look at, I mean, I know you dabble in some mobile games here and there. 
um, as much as like let's say hardcore AAA gamers that you know are snobby let's say um, as much as they do look at mobile gaming and they look at something like Angry Birds or Candy Crush and they go oh that's like you know not proper gaming or whatever those games make money um, especially things like I mean I don't know how much, how big Candy Crush is now I mean you can get things like Fortnite as well on your phone you get Call of Duty Mobile uh, obviously this Diablo game is doing well um, mm-hmm. but I suppose part of that is because there, there is an addiction that ties in obviously with games but with um, you know if you've got these free to play mobile games with you know the the uh, loot boxes or the you know hey you died but you can pay 99 cents or whatever and you can get another life and you can try again uh, type thing that obviously like there's a cycle and things there so doesn't quite surprise me the mobile game is not a that the mobile game industry is not a small one it's not one that's always got loads of attention on it but um it it does make lots of money so uh i'm not massively surprised by that um and it's diablo diablo is not as small i mean i know nothing about diablo like if you ask me any any question about it i couldn't give you any answers apart from what its name is uh that's a blizzard uh game isn't it so activision blizzard yeah 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 i think there's more i think that's like blizzard specific so um so yeah good stuff good stuff uh anything else you want to talk about this week uh no that's all i had like you said it's a pretty uh thin news week i was that was page six mm. okay okay for me uh i just saw something that i go to for news so that tells you how far deep i had to go just to get three stories yeah yeah uh, just saw something put, come up from Push Square, which I thought I'd give a quick read to. Um, it says another PS Plus extra premium game hint. Is, sorry, let me read that again. Another PS Plus extra premium game for August has been hinted. So not confirmed, but hinted. Uh, it says we already know that the selection of PS Plus games will be will expand in August with a slew of Yakuza titles. Obviously, there's quite a few of those. Uh, that will be Yakuza Zero. Yakuza Kiwami, Yakuza Kiwami 2, so the, the Kiwamis are the remasters of those games. Um, these will be available for PS Plus Extra and PS Plus Premium members to download. In addition to Yakuza Like a Dragon, uh, is that the newest one? Dragon? Like a Dragon is the newest one, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, didn't you play that and then you got a bit like... Yeah, I got level locked. I, I got yeah, to yeah. a point, but I couldn't progress in the story. Mm-hmm. And I don't like grinding out with levels. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, in addition to Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is currently available for PS Plus Essential members as well. However, uh, prominent uh, D-Labs leaker, something or other, has quietly teased another title that will be available from 16th August 2022. It's currently the 7th of August. Um, the game uh, available as part of Ubisoft Plus Classics collection. I can't believe that's a thing, Ubisoft Classics. Like, when I think of classic games, I don't think of Ubisoft. <laughs> Um, no, I don't really think of Ubisoft, but anyway, um, will be Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. Interestingly, this was also confirmed for Xbox Game Pass recently, suggesting that we could expect some crossover between the services moving forward. Um, we expect the official lineup of PS Plus Extra and PS Plus Premium content for August 2022 to be announced on Wednesday, so hopefully we'll talk about that in next week's episode. August 10th. Um, so stay tuned to the site uh, for all of that and PS Plus games. Um, cool. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with like. So let's say for Game Pass and the middle tier um, of PS Plus, if you've got all the Accuser games, I mean that just gives more platforms 
options to play those. There's quite a lot of them. So uh, that's good as well. Because I think I saw them on... When I was having my recent browse of Game Pass, I think I saw them on there. Um, but uh, they're not really my kind of games. I've dabbled in them for a selection of hours, but they weren't really quite my thing. Have you played any of the others apart from Like a Dragon? I haven't, no. Okay, okay. Um... So there you go. That would be good stuff. Uh, yeah, because we're due to at some point hear about what the next lineup of the classic games will be, and hopefully it won't just be PS uh, PSP games this month because that was a bit disappointing. So we shall see. Uh, all right, let's finish up with some emails, some feedback, and whatnot. If you, of course, would like to write into the show, let us know what you're playing. What do you think of what you're playing? Any thoughts on any news that we've discussed? Any news that we've missed, which is possible that you'd like to discuss? All those sorts of things, gaming related. Uh, or just to contact Entertainment Talk, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in the show notes. There's also an email box on the website version of the episode, and that email name in there as well. Harrison returns and writes in, uh, Want to suggest something for the podcast? Uh, try and pitch each other a video game. You both know what each other like. Um, since I've pre-read this, I'll go first to give you time to think of what to pitch me so types of games that you like you like things like gravedigger of course uh state of decay so you're someone that likes more quieter games i mean great well from what i saw you play of uh, is it graveyard grave grave digger graveyard keeper graveyard keeper that's it um it's more like a quiet relaxed sort of game um if I was to pitch you a game, do you like building games? Depends. Okay. Okay. What if you had um let's say hmm something with like a building and a garden and you maintain it cuz part of graveyard keeper was like maintaining the the place and that. So if you do that, you said that you like State of Decay, so zombies is, is there, and resource management and stuff. What about if you could, like, let's say combine State of Decay um, with something like Graveyard Keeper. So what, what I'm thinking is a, it's kind of a bit of a Minecraft idea, where you'd have things you'd build, you'd have things that you'd, like, maintain but there's like again not swarms and hordes of zombies in the way that you deal with them in state of decay but like things to keep away from your garden your building maybe the building gets damaged now and again maybe you've got to take care of the building um in terms of game mechanics i wouldn't put things like cooldown timers on um how does that kind of sound so far Uh, it has potential. Um, I think a lot of that would depend on the the world building and the mechanics. So, right, right. Uh, see, because that's that's where I'm struggling with the mechanics stuff. Because obviously, I've played State of Decay. I know the mechanics there, but I don't know the full like gameplay loop and mechanics of Graveyard Graveyard Keeper. You like the idea though? The idea sounds. Yeah, it sounds like a possibility. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay, there's, if I if we expand on the idea more, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, what would you pitch to me? Um, probably uh, 
a shooter um, in space, but you're all on jetpacks zipping around in space shooting at each other. Kind of sounds a little fun. Okay. Um. So are you thinking of like a like an Iron Man VR type thing? Yeah, like a little like a touch of Iron Man, touch of Call of Duty, put it in space, but you're still shooting lasers at each other. Okay, what uh, time period would it be set in? Oh, it definitely have to be future since it's in space. Right. Right. That sounds interesting. I mean, if it would be in VR, I mean, the two things that would be ideal to pitch to me is a VR maybe option. Because uh, obviously, I like VR games, and haptic feedback's a really big thing. Um, would you put that in any way or, uh, at all? For the PS5 version, yeah. I mean, yeah, you kind of yeah. have to. You don't have to. You have to, but you'd be silly not to. Hmm. That 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 could work. That would depend. Like, the main things there would be. Um, because cause the the jumping around part in Iron Man where you're like boosting off the ground that was that was good. Um, so if you're pitching an idea where you do that, but then I also have like first person shooter guns. Obviously, a very important thing to me is how the gunplay works. So that would need to be really good. The what the one mm-hmm. thing that I would like push against that is where I really love first person shooter stuff is all modern warfare things. I mean, I don't mind Halo. I don't mind things like Titanfall, but um. The sort of genre and time period that I really love is Modern Warfare. So I don't quite know how you'd fit that into um, the the idea there. I I, I like what you what you've mentioned. Um, I just don't know how it would fit in with that. So, but yeah, if you did that or something with haptic feedback, maybe in or out of VR, um, that's a good option. So yeah, that would be that would be pretty good. So um, yes, yeah, quite a good idea. Uh, lastly, Barry writes in and says, Matt, just wanted to ask, you have a Series X, a PS5, and a Switch. Which do you prefer, etc.? Um, there's different things I like about the three of them. Um, honestly, the biggest thing to... I mean, obviously, with the Series X and PS5, because they're newer, they're quicker. Like, my Switch is still relatively a good speed, but it's a bit older than the... Uh, I can't remember when I got my Switch. Do you remember when that was? I think it was like 2019 or something like that. Um, it was before COVID happened. Yeah, roughly. I got mine like after COVID randomly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and again, Switch serves a different purpose. That's more on the go stuff. I don't really do. I don't really have those opportunities as much. Um, the thing with Nintendo for me is like the third party support is better than what it was so like better than the wii u because it couldn't possibly be worse than the wii u <laughs> um mm-hmm. from third party game support so where i'm going to be playing things like fifa and cod and red dead and gta and all, all those sorts of games um i like some of the exclusives the, the, the mario games have been very hit and miss for me um like i i liked mario odyssey i like mario sunshine um i like mario when he's got something to use as well that's quite important i think um, cause obviously in, he's in Mario Sunshine he's got the water pump in uh, Mario Odyssey he's got the cap which you can throw and do different things or cappy as it's called uh, you can throw and do different things um, honestly the, the big win there is the, is the haptic feedback with the PS5 stuff um, I mean like design wise I don't really mind the PS5 or the Series X the Series X is a bit small it's like chunkier but sort of smaller but again the thing with the PS5 and the size there is those bits at the top that stick out it really like 
uses a bit more space. Um, mm-hmm. I, like my, I, I like my Xbox Series X. It's good. I, I just the, the it's a lot thing... heavier than you would think it would be, isn't it? Is it the, the Series X? Yeah, the Series X. I was surprised it was a little heavier than I thought it would be. Hmm. Well, when I was leaning up with it in my hands and I was trying to put it on the shelf, then it was heavy. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Did, did you know why they didn't include the um. Uh, you know the TV HDMI is it out slot. Yeah. Is it because they just they just moved away from that? Because that's I something. Think... That's something I actually wanted on it. <laughs> yeah. I I wonder because they they would have a way of knowing how much people actually use it. Right, because they and... click on the one guide as well. Yeah. And so they must have just ran the metrics and decided that not enough people were using it to to justify having it in there. Right. Because what I do, I plug my, I still use my Xbox One just for that. Because I have it set on when the console turns on, it goes straight to the One Guide. So I use it as almost like a, I don't know what you'd describe that as. Um, but the reason I do that is because the Roku box that I've got that's got all my TV apps on, you can't really put headphones into it, and I prefer watching stuff with headphones in. And the the way that I do that is I boot on my Xbox One, so the old Xbox One. Uh, that boots up straight into the one guide, which goes straight to my Roku menus. Um, and then I plug my headphones into my Xbox controller and then mute my TV. And then that just that works really nicely. So um, apart from Twitch, I c- there's no Twitch on, on Roku, so I still use the Xbox One for that. Um, or the, the uh, apps on the Xbox One for that. So, um, But I like the Series X. The thing I really like about the Series X is the quick resume thing you know when i tried out a yep. bit of tunic when i tried a uh, trip to yomi like switching between that and like playing fifa with my dad was really nice um so yeah that really quick good. resume is a game changer so yeah and it's quite quick as well it's very very quick um so that's really good the only thing that's sort of pushing against that is i honestly don't really have a lot like i really had a good look around game pass in the store and i'm like I've played ori i've played gears i've played halo i've played sunset overdrive i've, I've played like the really have the interest to get invested in Forza and things. Um, although I've still got it until the 21st, my my uh, Game Pass. So there's no harm in me downloading Forza and giving it a shot, at least, I suppose. So I might do that at some point. Uh, again, maybe not this week, depending on what's going on with my room. Um, but I still have that. But honestly, like, the, the PS5 is the thing I prefer. Just because like, it's got the games I have more on it like I've done more Last of Us 2 stuff I've played Ratchet and Clank Astrobot was an incredible game um even my third party games I play on that still as well um things like Moss 2 which I can't get on that's a VR game as well I can't get that on Xbox and then just the haptic feedback stuff is is really uh, a game changer to me so mm-hmm. um like menus and UI and stuff is eh, it is what it is. It's, it's just different in its own way. I'm used to all three of them at this point. Um, I don't really think like in terms of UI, I don't really think PlayStation or Xbox are better than each other in that way because you still have the fundamental things like games, TV stuff, store apps, friends lists. Um, it all kind of works the same way. So, um, but yeah. It's uh, it's alright. How how are you saying again? Because uh, you haven't got PS Five, but um, what about like your experience with Switch as opposed to Series X, for example? Uh, well, you can't really compare the two because they're not really 
similar. I mean, they have mm-hmm. different interfaces. They have different game styles. Um, I mean, some of there are some similar games, but for the most part, the games that you play on Switch, you play on Switch because you can pretty much only play them on Switch. Mm. Um, the portability is obviously the big thing. I don't travel for work anymore, so I don't really need the portability function of it. Um, haven't played it in a while just because there hasn't been really a game that I want to play come out on it. Um, there's a game coming out in a couple of months that I'm probably going to get, and that'll probably have me start up my uh, Switch again. So What's that? What, what game uh, it's Advanced that? Wars 1 and 2 Reloaded. Okay. So Advanced Wars was a, a turn-based combat um, on the Game Boy Advance, so that tells you how far back it goes that was. Mm. And there was a sequel that I never got a chance to play because I didn't own a Nintendo product at the time, so this is basically a relaunch of those two games. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I had a Game Boy. I, I had a Game Boy, some of the Game Boys. There was like Advance, SP, and all that sort of stuff. I had, I had some of those. I didn't play that game, but I, I did have a uh, Game Boy, which was cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's what we've got for you for this week's episode. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. The interesting questions, cool questions and stuff. Um, again, if I'd played something for longer on my Series X, I might be able to talk about it a bit more. I mean, speed, all that sort of stuff is really good with both consoles. So, no, uh, no issues there. I find it interesting that you can fully shut off your Xbox One uh, X Series X and the resume st- state is still there. That's quite amazing. I think. Um, is it four that you can have at one go? Yeah, four games. That's pretty That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, I don't know if I'll ever have four games running on it, but um, the the idea for me was like, okay, if I've got my poor save state thing with my dad with FIFA, and I can play another game and not have to close one and open the other and yeah, all that sort of stuff. So, Anyway, that's what we got for you for this week's episode. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to find our other episodes, we've got plenty of them. Uh, you can find those on entertainmenttalk.org and on your favourite podcast platforms by searching for the same name, Entertainment Talk. Uh, TV, games, films, May United Podcast. Take a look out for all of those. Uh, film, film reviews coming soon. Uh, more Gaming Talk podcasts. Better Cold Soul wrapping up. Westworld wrapping up. Um, and some other stuff happening as well. I got some other, got some other reviews and podcasts and lists and stuff like that that I want to do as well. Uh, but again, rooms being sorted out this week. Once that's all done, I can uh, resume podcasting properly. We'll still have episodes coming out this week, but it will be uh, a little bit minimal, uh, let's say. So, but uh, anyway, keep your eyes out. Entertainment Talk dot org podcast platforms. Entertainment Talk TV, games, films, May United take a look at all that if you like what you've heard or support more of what entertainment talk is doing like i said you can just listen to more episodes that helps us out you can also tell other people as well just simply by telling them saying hey i heard of this thing check it out it's called this they do this and there you go uh, so you can either tell them use social media that sort of stuff share the episodes around on those platforms if you want to do that you can also uh, support us through patreon if you want to do that as well uh, five dollar ten dollar level tier the ad free podcast and review option tiers have a look out for those on our Patreon page for all that sort of stuff. Uh, TV and film news, obviously on the other side of the, the industry news stuff. Uh, David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Geektown Radio episodes come out on Tuesdays. Look out for those. That's renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates, 
all that sort of stuff, TV and film news related things, so check out all of that. Uh, you can find Bex, who's involved with all this stuff as well, uh, Trista B-Y-T-E-S, go and find her streams over on Twitch, Trista B-Y-T-E-S over on Twitch, and of course Twitter and Instagram as well, check out what she's up to. You can also find me on Twitch as well, eTalk UK for my different gaming streams. Um, don't know what I'll be streaming next, possibly some Moss 2, look out for that at some point. Um, so have a look out for that as well. Um, <clears throat> but if you miss any of those streams or the career mode episodes or the game clips, you can find those all archived on YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. I've still got a bunch of game clips to uh, upload, but uh, there's plenty of stuff over there already on the YouTube channel Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>